Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M O L M M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. See, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got diggly pain. You done got diggly pain. No. No. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber as we celebrate our fifth anniversary since the inception of the pod, which means we're in season six of Month, and this summer will be the 11th anniversary of Inception. I said Inception twice, that was the joke there. (laughs) That's right, 2020 is gone. We're now in the year of C-Lab, which means this year will not only be the greatest season ever, it'll also be the most absurd, and at some point will probably be replaced by evil doppelgangers, one of which has an adorable chicken beak and is deathly allergic to peanuts. They'll kill me. They'll kill me. I'm helping. In the battle of Chris's, Jason, I've always thought of you as Luke Hemsworth. Uh, How was your podcast hiatus? Uh, It was lovely. I just, I I not only played this game, I played our next game. I'm done with that, too. Oh. And I'm done with this red book. I was done with it the minute I saw it. Wow. And I'm hungry. And Corey, the next one, too. I'm the only one who has to play next month's game. Get on it. Now, fortunately, it took me about an hour and a half, so you're going to be just fine. I told you that was what was going to happen. I was like, it took me like three, four hours. So it'll probably take you an hour. Perfect. Yep. There you go. Uh, and Corrigan, the squish face of our little gloop family. Hail squish face. All hail squish face. <laughs> uh, How have you been? I've been, I've been tired, Ben. I'm so tired. Just so yeah. tired. I can um, usually tell we don't really talk very much outside of just like liking each other's tweets or like sending right. each other corgi videos. True. Oh, and outside of the podcast, at least, where we talk. <laughs> we just talk to Jason during the podcast, and he tells us what the other person said. <laughs> we actually do not address each other. No, it's no, a no, little no. Easter egg if you go back through these episodes. You'll notice <laughs> we just talk completely around each other. I've been dead the whole time. so. <laughs> uh, but I can usually tell your state of mind and, and general stress level uh, by how many days it takes for you to reply to our Slack questions for you. <laughs> Okay, to be fair. It's never been an emergency. You've never missed a deadline or anything. No, no, no. But it's actually, this is not totally me. Slack is very choosy about when it it decides to actually alert me. So it's usually like several days later, like some random one comes up and it's like, oh, by the way, you missed 30 messages. Um, But you can also probably tell by the fact that it took me like two days to respond to a Corgi on Instagram. Yeah. So I knew something was up. Something, something's up when it takes me that long to yeah. respond to a cute little sausage dog. Oh, so You're cute. so cute and stubby. I just love him so much. Uh, but yes, tired, but glad glad to be amongst friends here. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, <clears throat> no, I think, is this where we, he was like, I was really hoping someone would ask how I was doing. I've been great. Ben, ben uh, tell us how you're doing. Oh, interesting question. How are you doing, Ben? You, you've got some, some big life stuff going on. You want to talk about it? Yes. So, yeah, we're moving to Portland from uh, we're crossing straight yeah, yeah. straight lines um, up I-5. It's a straight line across it is. the state line. And, yeah, we'll be living in the Brentwood Darlington neighborhood, a little up and coming uh, neighborhood in southeast Portland. Oh, OK, I was I like, think, I don't know what that is. But. I don't know if that means high crime, uh, but it means <laughs> cheaper than other parts of Portland. So oh. looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Southeast is a good good neighborhood in general. Yeah. Lots of good stuff around there. So definitely. And we were three blocks away from the kids' elementary school. 
that's nice. Walking to school. Beautiful. So looking forward to that. We're moving uh, mid-month February. So I don't know when we're going to. We'll figure out a time to record. It might be this weird kind of like, I can't think of any adjectives. <laughs> I was going to say gerrymandered <laughs> setup that I have. <laughs> gerrymandered. Gerrymandered. Is that what we are going for? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Gerrymandered setup. <laughs> Your just won't stop. <laughs> Thankfully, the game will only take you an hour and a half. So, you yes, know. it's true. This is exciting. That's a plus. We'll get there. So it only makes sense to start off the year of C-Lab uh, with a game that takes place at sea. Ah. The fourth entry in the Threepwood Pentology, Escape from Monkey Island. Uh, and you know what? It feels good to be back uh, to our roots. Starting off, we started off with Secret. Uh, and then what? Second was Secret of Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. That's right. And then Corey and my favorite, uh, Curse of Monkey Island. Monkey we'll see if that holds up. I think it does. Uh, and then <laughs> the fourth is Escape, and then at some point, probably 2022, if we're all still here, uh, we will be playing 2020 Scarred Me. So and, you know, I have a very just rough view towards life at this point. I thought it was optimistic because I, I felt like I didn't want to play any more Monkey Island games. Wow! <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, it's a sweet release of yeah, death. I think okay, we- wow. cool. Wow! Wow! Okay. Jump the shark a little bit at this point with this game. Jeez! Yeah, it feels very 2021 to, to start out this way. Like 2020, how it, everything was like, yeah, everything's coming up Millhouse. We're all going into yeah. it. It's going to be great. Boom. What a nice round year! And this year, we're just like, <laughs> if we don't die. Yeah. And that's our mindset. So, yeah. I said that when we were scheduling classes for the fall, we have to schedule them a year <laughs> out. And I was like, I mean, mm. does anybody else feel like we're all this? This is hubris. It right. would be called for it. And it was like, what are you talking about? I was like, like we just scheduled all our classes to be in person. <laughs> like we just, LOL. we just said like, that's going to happen. We pick, we we're talking about what rooms we're going to teach you. Just naming it and claiming it. Yeah. Boom. Nobody else feels like this is hubris. We're but, self-actualizing, okay, Jason? Jason? You have to Jason, picture it to be it. Jason, what are you talking about? We've got a new, we just elected a new president. Uh, I just yeah. got news the vaccine's coming out in a few weeks. We're, we're all going to be done by January. Yeah. This is, we're good, guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's oh. like, ah, oh, the vaccine rollout will be done in 2023. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so, is that a thing? Is that a real, is that a number that's real? Well, I've heard mid-2022 if it goes at the same rate that it's going now, at which point we'd probably need a new one because usually you need different vaccines. So it's cool. It's really great. I love being inside all the time playing video games. Yeah. To be fair, I do love being inside all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But I would I would sacrifice that for a healthy world. Okay, yeah, I'm willing to do that. Appreciate that. I will go to the beach even. Wow, I built an elliptical today so I could stay inside more. How many ellipticals are you building? Yeah, don't you have one? It died it, again. It died. It died for months. Like it just kept dying. And then I, I thought you on, you tweeted this week. You like rebuilt the motor. Man, I thought I did. I got <laughs> to work for one day. Oh, and the next uh, time I got on, it was broken. Day. And I was like, well, I guess that wasn't the fix, huh? Mm. I, I read that tweet and I loved it because it was like just the most like Jason thing on the planet. Like I remember the time yeah. you spent all day changing your oil, but you were oh, like, I'm yes. going to do this myself. Do damn it. it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it was like this process just all day long learning how to change the oil. I think I changed my own oil twice. Yeah. <laughs> Did it take all day both times? No, the second time it was like two hours. See, yeah, well. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> And you realize why we pay people to do that. At the time, it cost like 10 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Even even I made that much in two hours. Like, come on. 
<laughs> yes, when I read that tweet, that was what it brought me back. Like, there's probably an easier way to get this fixed or just replace it, but Jason's going to spend an incredible amount of time learning to do it himself. 10-minute oil change is impressive. Pennzoil. And it was, like, yeah. not too far from the place where you worked for more <laughs> than your $10 an hour job or whatever it was. Easy. Yeah. Except for oil changes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to Guybrush. Yes. Uh, we're going to start off with a little development. And I don't think yeah. this has much as much like lore and like, we work till 3 a.m. in like random tunnels in Mill Valley or whatever the secret yeah. of Monkey Island had. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk some development, some history, some reception to the game. We'll talk a lot about the reception. Mm. Uh, then we'll get into gameplay, what it was like, what our favorite puzzles were, and some of the other ones that we loved, and then things we liked about the game. And then some other things that we only had good things to say about it. And then we'll talk about, we'll play a game of what's the drink, what's the song, which I am going to win. We'll talk about what else we've been playing. And we'll talk about next month's game, which apparently I'm the only one who hasn't played yet. Excited for that. And I I do want to say for new listeners, um, this game, Escape from Monkey Island, Ben alluded to it earlier, but just to clarify, it is the fourth in a series. And this series is is at the core of what this podcast is. We it named is. our podcast <laughs> yeah. after a group of pirates from the first game who are subtitled Men of Low Moral Fiber. It doesn't call them pirates. It calls them Men of Low Moral Fiber. So I, I just wanted to call that out for people yeah. who have only been listening recently that, yes, this is the origin story. Yeah. Who've been wondering why there's a girl on this Men of Low Moral Fiber podcast. Um, I like how the concern is that it's there's a girl on the men show, but not the fact yeah. that all of us have low moral fiber. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that feels like the thing that's wrong is Corey's there. (laughs) (laughs) So, Corey, tell us tell us about the development. This was not an easy game to find development info about at all. It really kind of feels like everyone just kind of wanted to be like, "Mm, that happened. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Let it go. Not a ton of interviews at the time or now. There was one I didn't get a chance to actually listen to it. There is a recent one that has come out in 2020, but. Um, it was like two and a half Ooh. hours long and I just didn't have a minute. I had watched many YouTube videos already, but anyway, not a lot of interviews about we'll, it. We'll link to that though. If people yeah. are super interested, cause I want to, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not a lot uh, about this is super available, but uh, I'll give you a sort of a rundown, uh, of what I found. Um, so, uh, escape from monkey Island, uh, was released in good old Y2K, you know, the millennium, the year 2000. It was the last LucasArts adventure game and the fourth out of five installments of the Monkey Island series, as you just said. Um, and It was the last LucasArts adventure game. The last LucasArts adventure game. And they had like 13 years left of existence after this. There were two more scheduled. Yeah. Oh, t- we, yeah, okay. But okay. no. But no, of I didn't course, right. this was the last. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I thought shocking. that we talked about this before, so I was totally glossing good, over that. Good. But yes, it was the it was the last LucasArts adventure game made. The, Jeez. Um, well, finish your list and then let's jump back to that because I, I want to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth installment would come out nine years later in 2009. Uh, and in an interview with, is it Stemley? Mike Stemley? This guy's name? Stemley? Go with it. I think so. I'm going to go with Stemley because I like it. Uh, Mike Stemley <laughs> made it abundantly clear that in that nine years that it transpired in between, uh, he'd scrubbed all memory of working on Escape from Monkey Island from his mind. The <laughs> interview with him that was made uh, as he was working on Tales of Monkey Island 
the interviewer keeps asking him, it's like specifically an interview about Escape from Monkey Island, and the interviewer keeps asking him things about it, and like all of his answers are like, I don't remember, but probably, I have no recollection of this, but I guess maybe, like just no stories, like nothing (laughs) that remained from making this game. So so you guys had a lot of fun making that game, right? You say so, bud. Yeah, sure. Whatever, man. Who can know? (laughs) We got paid. Yeah, I mean, it's... Was he the project lead on Tales also then? Um, I believe so, yes. Yes. Okay, or he was involved at least. He was was not project lead, but he was involved. I think uh, Grossman was project lead. I stand corrected. Yeah, because that was... uh, uh, With Telltale. Telltale? Yeah. Yes, but uh, Stemley went over to Telltale, and Clark did not, if I've got that right. Uh, okay. I could have them backwards as possible. I did have this written down, but I I have so many notes I can't find it. So uh, yeah, we'll I say totally it. Jason is right. So uh, there's several things about so EMI is what they uh, abbreviate it to. Um, and in, even goodness. Mike Stemley got the abbreviation wrong as well in his interview. He really knows nothing about this game. Uh, but wow. uh, but there's several things about it that are different from its predecessors in the series. Uh, so for one, uh, we've got leading up the production team, this Mike Stemley and Sean Clark, uh, whose names I'm sure were immediately familiar to both of you, even though I did not recognize them, um, as having headed up Sam and Max Hit the Road. So they've got uh, good LucasArts creds, cred behind them. They'd also done an Indiana Jones game, um, and Sean Clark had done several other LucasArts <clears throat> titles. And- it was uh, Fate of Atlantis was the one they worked on together. So, so the good one, like it's 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 nice. a great game. We liked Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. So this. What do they call Oracalcum beads? Oracalcum. Yep. Oracalcum. Yep. I'll take your word for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so safe bet of you know leads on this project. Um, they were approached as a team by Lucas Arts. Uh, so they came and they were like, "We want to do uh, another Monkey Island game. Would you guys be down to do this?" And according to Semley, they were both huge Monkey Island fanboys, so they hopped on board. And they considered bringing the game back to Melee Island, where it all began, to be sort of a love letter to the OG Monkey Island game. Uh, So then the game uses the Grime? Grim engine? Do you guys have an opinion on that? Probably from Grim Fandango. Well, right. So it's G-R-I-M capital e and i was watching a video about this and this guy was like it's spelled grime but it's pronounced grim looks maybe grimmy whatever engine that is it was first used on grim fandango yeah uh and it uses the lua scripting language shifting away from scum which is why in the game you get the scum bar transformed into the lua bar lua bar yeah oh my gosh just right now (laughs) yep it's good that's so good it's a good joke it's a, and, yeah, it's, it's a nice really little joke. All of the uh, all of the early LucasArts stuff, all of the engines were named uh, Scum and Mucus and Booger and yeah. stuff like that. And so that's why it's spelled Grime and then pronounced Grim because Grim Fandango. Aha! There we go. It's the Grim engine mystery solved. All right, so I will. Right. I don't think I'm going to say that again. But <laughs> if I have no, to, no, you're great. No, I'll remember that it's Grim. <laughs> um, and so also the game was ported to the PS2. Because uh, it was 2000, and of course it was. And actually, I did read in some places that it actually plays a little better on the PS2 controls-wise than it does on the PC. I could see it on a, on a uh, controller working a lot right. better than a, yeah. on a keyboard. So uh, it was also the first Monkey Island to bring in that sweet, sweet 3D animation. Um, again, it's 2000, so <laughs> it's the Toy Storyfication of everything. Oh, yeah. And that went over... Uh, to mixed reviews and reception of the game in general was decidedly mixed. So on the one hand, it's wow. sold fine. 
Um, from everything that I read, it was comparable to other Monkey Island games in sales. But if you're cruising the internet, it basically you're going to see either people who hate it with a bloody passion reserved for like their worst enemies or people going, listen, I know everyone hates this, but I need to defend it. And, you know, saying it's actually not that bad a game. It may not be the best of the Monkey Island games, but it's not that bad as a sort of standalone thing. Um, however, even the defenders have to admit that there's plenty that's not great about this game. The most obvious being monkey combat, which I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, <laughs> monkey combat. The only good part of the game. <laughs> monkey combat! Everyone hates monkey combat. No one can justify monkey combat. But also uh, people complained about the randomization of puzzles, which makes it impossible to use any form of walkthrough. Um, and the timing-based puzzles in the game, which when the game doesn't have great controls, makes it super yeah. difficult for people to time things correctly. So timing-based puzzles Accurate. is a big complaint. Also, people don't love the weird animation, uh, the nonsensical and convoluted plot, and there's a lot of complaints that it's just not all that funny compared to the other Monkey Island games. Uh, so interestingly, according to MixandMojo.com, when asked in interviews, Monkey Island alumnus Chuck Jordan claimed to have never played this game. And Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman both admitted that they'd begun playing only to quit after getting stuck early on. Uh, so, yeah, wow. I will say that even though there's very little out there on the process of making this game in an interview with both leads, they made an offhanded quip about what they would do for fun when not in crunch. So it's safe to say yeah. Crunch was definitely involved in this game, which is, you know, not surprising. You can feel it's... Yeah. it's you can feel you can feel the crunch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the way that I felt it, because I, I, I don't know what you mean by that, other than just parts that you didn't like, but I feel like the the balance of the game, like all of a sudden it was going towards the end and then it just was over. Chronologically, it felt like that. I don't know if they made it that way. Obviously, you don't make a game totally chronologically. This, there's but. also... There's an offhanded quip as well that um, he made in that useless interview um, in which he had said, um, like there was it, the interviewer had asked a question about the ending of the game or, or people sort of complaining about the weirdness of the ending or or was there always going to be like a robot monkey in this game? And essentially he was like, eh, it was kind of a throw. I think it might have been a throwaway kind of gag that someone had come up with, um, but also is like the result of not finishing writing the game before you start making it so yeah that, okay i could totally see that yeah, yeah. I, th I think you're exactly right in saying like yeah i can see how this plays out in the end of this game because from what it sounds like it was very much <laughs> even the writing of it was a little haphazard yeah, yeah for sure and, and for me the reason i said you could feel the crunch is just the rough edges right yeah. and it, it's it didn't feel fully qa tested Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. there there were a lot of puzzles where it, yeah. it was not you know oh i i should have thought of that or you know oh i never would have thought of that what a creative solution it was yeah i was trying to do that i just <laughs> kept trying to do it and the game wouldn't let me yeah i i know i knew what wow. you wanted me to do i just had no idea how to make it actually happen yeah, yeah. that's fair the, the part at, at the end where ozzy has like the deus ex machina in his hands and he's just like this bad thing's gonna happen yep. to you and then he just falls over and it falls out of his hands <laughs> It's like, yep. wait, that's okay. That's no payoff. <laughs> and then it just, yeah. So there's weird things like that. It definitely feel, felt like it was maybe right. like written, like the, the beats were written, but they had never storyboarded it before they started animating it. And, and the difference with classic Monkey Island there is not that classic Mo Monkey Island wouldn't have a bizarre deus ex machina, which they right. totally do. But the yeah. guy brush would look to the camera and say, well, that felt rushed or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
Right. That was weird. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the the end of adventure games. Um, yeah. We know that Tim Schafer uh, felt partially responsible for killing the genre of adventure games with Grim Fandango. Uh, because Grim Fandango, despite being maybe the best adventure game ever made, sold incredibly poorly. And these are incredibly expensive to make. Yes. And that, yeah. that yeah. certainly is part of why they stopped making them after Escape from Monkey Island, which, you know, sold okay. Even though it didn't get rave reviews, it sold just fine. But they decided that it, it was not worth throwing more money at this genre. So much so that they, they scrapped not one, but two Sam and Max games that were well into production um, and wow. one full throttle game. Um, yeah. Because as they started playing it, they, they had tried to play up with the full throttle, more of the uh, adventure game style, uh, make it more actiony, make stuff happen. And when they started playing it, what they'd made, they realized it was not um, point and click enough for the fans. And it wasn't going to bring anyone new in because the, mm. the actiony stuff yeah. was, was not enough there either. There wasn't br- like brutal legend level of like a big name explosion, actiony, funny, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's kind of heartbreaking, and and I think a really sad end to this era. Uh, but you can feel a lot of the reasons that that this era ended in this game, um, which I don't want to crap on and say like I hate this game. It's stupid. It's awful. Definitely, Ben <laughs> is going to be more on the defender side, and I'm going to be more on the I didn't yeah. like this game side. But there's so much of this game that I do like. And at its core, I like the heart of this game. I like what they were trying to do. But yeah, I, I think they were trying to uh, please too many um, people and trying to go in too many directions at once. And yeah, I think at the core of it, just bad controls has so yeah. much of an effect on play because it's what you're doing most of the time. <laughs> right. And this is for the record, for those listening, I did not play through it this time. Oh, yeah. I just watched a walkthrough, but I had played this game when I bought it ages ago. Um, (laughs) I think I've tried to play it twice uh, and given up on it partway through. I was playing it. I was in fact, I think that I would try The last time I tried to play this was maybe a year and a half ago. It was very recent and very fresh on my mind. But for the record, yeah, I absolutely kind of got stuck in this game. And I was like, I'm not going to attempt to to play this again. So I don't have as strong opinions one way or other. I just assumed I was bad at games. No, it's 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 really bad, Core. It's really bad. <laughs> no, okay, it's Wait, not really no, bad. No, no. Controls wise, controls wise, controls wise, yeah. and puzzles wise, it's really hard. So, yeah. I I want to say that, sure. that Core, that's not your fault, right? This is <laughs> yeah. For once, it wasn't me, right? You, it's just really difficult. You can get through some of the older Monkey Islands by just clicking on combinations and then being like, right. "Oh, I get it." Uh, this yeah. game, a lot of the times, the the obstacle was I never found that object. I didn't know that that was a thing I could pick up because you don't have the the mouse yeah. cursor. Yeah, because you you lack the mouse. Yeah, and this yeah. is a game yeah. designed for the mouse that I don't know when in the production they decided they weren't going to use a mouse. They wanted to go with Weird joystick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I assume it's around the time that they decided to port it to the PlayStation, uh, Probably. the PS2. Yeah, that would make sense. And that command came from on high of this needs to be a PS2 game. Right. Right. That and once that decision was made, that changed everything. And that's tough. Grim Fandango did some work to uh, try and make it so you could control a um, a point-and-click adventure without a mouse. Um, to mixed success. Uh, it was the tank mm-hmm. controls. They, they're not great. And in fact, in the newer versions, they released it with you know point-and-click adventure-style controls uh, because of that. So it's it's just kind of a, a difficult project to do uh, to make that work. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, man. He walks so slow and like walking in and out of houses and like, oh, like the whole directional, you can either do it direction. So what, how, what are the terms? Like character directions, yeah. like whatever way he's pointing. Character relative. Or and he'll go for character relative or screen relative directions. And both of them are really clunky. The animations are take a really long time. So if you accidentally walk into a door, you're waiting 30 seconds to go into the room. Animation for that room. Yeah, I actually was thinking back out of the room. Like because Jason had explained the the rendering thing a couple episodes ago. Right. And about like the difference between it rendering, like when you walk into the room versus the. Oh, yeah. The, Pre-rendered. Yeah. What, what was the term, Jason? I can't remember. Oh, uh, ray casting. That's the one. Yeah. And I was reading something that was talking about this doing the other thing. (laughs) Have everything exist at one time. Right. And thus, that's part of your uh, sort of hold up in why everything is so slow. Yeah. In this game. And it it changes angles, you know, while you're walking across the screen. And yet it's the fixed camera point. So if you remember kind of trying to navigate Final Fantasy VII uh, and just walk around that world and how it was very difficult to just kind of walk around. Uh, I think that's that's a popular game that has this same style of thing of a fixed camera, and you're trying to move relative to the camera, and it, and every screen that you move to, it, it kind of changes. So I would often get caught in these things where I would be moving right to exit the screen, but in the new camera on the second screen, moving right would exit me back to the previous screen because <laughs> the camera would move to the other side. Right, and yeah, now you've shifted where you are. Yeah. It, it happened way too it, much. It was, it was super frustrating, and it wasn't a thing that happened once or twice. It was constant. There were lots right. and lots of rooms where you just get stuck. Uh, I played it with a controller, and it was, I think it was probably better than what Ben played. Uh, <laughs> for one, you could run. I turned on the analog. You could run it. Okay. You could run in, in mine. Okay. I would not play the game if you could not run. No. Every time I switched back to keyboard, I was like, oh, no. No, this is slow. So you hold down shift and you run. It's fine. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, but it was impossible to play Monkey Combat because it could not... If it was just hesitated a little bit between left and up, it would just pick one randomly. Yeah. And so I would just... If you weren't nailing those directions on the joystick... You need a separate button, right? I wanted to use the... Uh, the d-pad instead but it, it would not let me it was like no this is what you want yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah it, it was you know mixed success there but um let me talk about we're moving into gameplay right that's that's yeah. happening now yeah, yeah. let me let me talk about a high point um because cool. i played this with my daughter uh for the first couple hours and then oh nice i i my was, kids were Whenever they were nearby anywhere. Yeah. Like, even the music, they'd be like, what's that? Yeah. What's that? No, it's, what you, and they'd see it and they'd be like, oh, monkeys? What's pirates? It's like, <laughs> they love, there's a magnet. Let's t- let's talk about the art. The art is good. Yeah. The art yeah. is good. The general vibe of the game is really good. Yes. And it brought my kids into the room, too. And I actually ended up playing it without her, mainly because I kept getting frustrated with the game and taking it out on her and snapping at her, being a little bit short. I mean, like, right. you know. It's not her fault she's short, Jason. Okay. She's a helms. She'd be like, "No, Dad, you want the little, you want the flaming boat to be below the painting." I was like, "Yeah, no, I know, I know what I'm trying to do." <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. That's, yeah, but but yeah. Dad, you stopped it too soon. It's not next. <laughs> so it's bedtime. So there's the, these uh, characters you can talk to who are uh, playing darts, and uh, I was kind of disappointed with them in, in a sense that I, I liked them a lot and I wanted more puzzles with them. I, I thought they were going to be involved in a lot, and there was really only one puzzle there, especially because that's. That's Scumbar, right? So that's the, the throwback to the original where you have like the... Ask me about Loom. Ask me, yeah. Ask me about Loom, which was coming out at the same time. So you have yep. like all the like cross-promotion 
just hilarious commentary and, and dialogue you can go to and you ask someone the same thing three times and it changes. And there wasn't really those type of characters in that bar. Right. I, I could talk to those di- those darts guys a bunch, but it, it didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. It, it just kind of kept saying similar versions of the same thing. But there is a nice thing you can do with them of challenging them to throw the dart at things and say, I bet you can't hit this, but you can't, I bet you can't hit a bullseye, bet you can't hit triple nine, bet you can't hit uh, that, that Marlin hanging on the wall. And then there's one that says, uh, bet you can't hit that uh, stupid looking guy over there. And you click that one. This is pretty great. And the dart thrower turns out and faces the screen and says, what, him? And Guybrush says, yeah. He literally breaks the fourth wall. And, and he throws, he goes, I got this. And he throws the dart and it, it hits the screen. And there's this giant, you know, a hole made in the screen and these cracks across your screen. And everybody moves on. But every time you walk through that area and it cuts yeah. to that camera again, that crack is still there. That's awesome. That's good. That's really good. My five-year-old daughter thought this was the funniest thing she had ever seen. <laughs> like, she kept trying to explain Aww. it to me. Like, when a kid loves a joke and they want to explain the joke to you. And I thought it was great. Like, I loved it. But but she's like, That's Dad, so you, did you see what he did? <laughs> and so later we're, we're talking. She's like, can we play that game again where the guy hit you? Like, where the guy hit me? What are we talking? Yeah, yeah. Where he, he threw that thing at you? It's like, oh, oh, yeah, the pirate game. She goes, yeah, Monkey Island. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, Dad, cool. Get it straight. Sorry, yeah, Monkey Island. Jeez Louise. <laughs> i like to see someone take you down a peg, old man. Boom. Yeah, your daughter thinks you're like an absolute idiot. Boom, she does. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I loved this game. And we've been at this for like a half an hour. I love this game. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, yes, there were frustrating parts. Yes, I mean, there were frustrating parts in Maniac Mansion, right? Clicking yeah. on bricks. It's freaking impossible to find that brick. Clicking on bricks. I really enjoyed Monkey Combat by the end of it. Jason. Me too. I had to call you. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I think just because I love like solving problems and I loved yeah. math mm-hmm. as a kid and like, like yeah. being immersed in like a new concept of math and like when that clicks... I just want to like do that process over and over, whether it's like finding the common denominator or what quadratic equations, whatever it might be. And this to me was like a new kind of math. Yeah. Totally made up for this game. Has nothing to do with the rest of life, like a lot of math. Uh, but it was just like <laughs> up, down, left, right, like like Street Fighter combinations, that kind of thing. Uh, and yes, the animations were slow and it took forever to find a new monkey or whatever, like all these things. It wasn't perfect, but it took so long to learn that by the time I got the hang of it, 45 minutes in maybe, and that yeah. was with you explaining it to me for 25 minutes before. <laughs> By the time I like solved it, I was just I was in. I felt like I was the greatest it, monkey combat fighter ever. <laughs> so I, I really did enjoy it. It made my brain tickle in like really good ways. Like when I was playing monkey combat, it was like yeah. Oh, and then oh, and then I I do the I, oh oh I did it yay! It was like the most basic thing in the world, but then I would accomplish it and feel like this, and it and because it was repetitive. I kept feeling that sense of accomplishment. Yes. So much so that when I got to the final monkey, um, I pressed the wrong button on the last attack and had to fight the entire monkey all over again. I did the same thing. Oh. I, okay, so maybe it's pre-programmed. <laughs> I think I'm just an idiot and I crack into pressure. No, but it was, it was the These last are... hit. And then yeah. this time when I got to him again, I like I saved. I was like, we are saving right before this. <laughs> yes. like, Dude, that's crazy. Do it again. That's make funny. it exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and, and, it, and it felt really good when it worked. Yeah. Uh, if I had not looked up how to do monkey combat. Impossible. I do not think I would have ever finished this game. But, okay, it, put yourself back in, like, 1993. You're 12 years old. You're going, like, Michael Conrad also has this game. You're going to his house after school. He's coming to our house after school. And you're like, oh, okay, 
Eek Ak Chi. Oh, okay. I, I'll follow what he does because Jojo even says, "Copy the monkeys." Yep, and you'll figure it out, even though you lose a lot. I I did not understand what Jojo was trying to communicate to me, and okay. I and I think that you didn't either because I'm the one who talked to you about it and explained it. The to The only me. thing I knew was copy the monkeys. Yeah, copy. So the monkeys. I think because of that, if I just copied them long enough, I would be like, "Oh, okay," and I would have built out a chart. Maybe, but maybe I, it would have taken. Six to ten hours, probably way too long. <laughs> Just to recall when we were talking about it, I said, "You said, what do you mean stances? What are you talking about?" Oh yeah, um, dude, it took forever, and you were like baby talking me through. Yeah, You're like, "Yeah, Ack, wait, what's act? Stop, stop." It's, I had to read the instructions like three or four times from two different websites and compare yeah. them to be like, "Okay, between these two, I think this is what it's asking me to do." It's it's like, weird. It's it's tough. It's, it's really tough. tough. For sure, which um, is why you feel like a genius when you have it by the end. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of puzzles in this game. And, and I think I, I realized pretty early on that the game was not for me with the um, the first puzzle of the uh, the rubber band on the cactus, the uh, the tire on the cactus. Oh, that was a tough start. And it was it's it's made to be a really easy start because you can't pick up anything on the entire island. And there's not that many places you can go. Mm-hmm. The problem is the one object you can pick up. Is not highlighted in any way. It's it's not easy to find. And when you've been through twenty different spaces where you can't pick up anything, and you keep trying to pick up things, and the yeah. game keeps telling you, "I don't want to pick that up," right? Then finally, you just stop picking things up. You're like, "I guess, I guess the things will will be there, and it will be really obvious." And <laughs> it wasn't. And I spent probably an hour and a half on it, and then said, "I guess, I guess we're doing walkthrough." Um, <laughs> wow! On the first puzzle, I feel really bad. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> and and then I was like, okay, putting that down, putting that down. We're go- we're going to the second puzzle. It's okay. Yeah, you know. And it was like five minutes later. I I guess we're doing walkthrough again. Such that by you know within an hour or two, I was just reading the walkthrough for the most. The tab part. was uh, open. Yeah, yeah. There were there were times where I played without it for a little bit and, and solved a few yeah. puzzles. But I I would say I solved maybe five percent of the puzzles in this game without a walkthrough. I was about the same. Yeah, I I think. I don't, I've come to not frown on, on puzzles. I think again, this goes back to like the younger child where most of these games as a kid, this came out after we were kids, but most of the early games I watched you play anyway. So I don't have that like revelation and the joy doesn't come from solving them. It's like, it's super rewarding when I do, but like, that's not the main reason I play the games. And so I definitely had the, the walkthrough open. I think for me, it was more about like Dominic Armado and Earl Boyan, uh, Bowen as LeChuck. And like those, yeah. or, sorry, Dominic Armado is Guy Rush, and he always yeah. has been. And like, just incredible voice talents for all the characters. Yeah, dialogue I would say probably doesn't match up as well. Like you said, it's just not funny. One of you said that earlier, or that was one of the reviews. Yeah, I definitely would would disagree. I thought there were funny parts. Yes, but it's not quite as witty as as. I mean, you're talking like the gods of adventure games when you're yeah. like Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, Dave Grossman. I mean, it's tough to. It's it's not like a drop off from Ready Player One to Armada necessarily, yeah. but it's like it's <laughs> definitely it's a top five Monkey Island game. Still, it's still a Monkey Island game. It's not Rise of Skywalker level bad, but um, it, it would take a lot for me to not like a Monkey Island game, and this one did not push me that far. I, I really really enjoy just being on melee, hanging out with Elaine, LeChuck's whole shtick is the. Uh, as Charles L. Charles, like I, I just love being in that universe. And the fact that you can recognize his voice, yeah, totally the, right. The, oh, the fact yeah. That, one, his name is Charles L. Charles, which is great for LeChuck, right? So but good. two, that that like I heard him talk, and I was like, oh, it's LeChuck. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like that was great. That felt so good. And having Carla and Otis back, I love. Yes, that. 
my response to when he first started talking was, I was like, gosh, I recognize that voice mm-hmm. just being me and not immediately placing what it was. And I was like, oh, from like from a game, Chuck, obviously, a game I used to play. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just it's on the Sonic? tip of my tongue. Just just there. Is he Mario? <laughs> right, 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 right. It's it's LeChuck. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but yes, extremely recognizable voice cast aside yeah. from Elaine, who is different in this Okay, game. I wasn't sure about and her. And noticeably yeah. does not have an accent anymore in this game. Oh, yeah. That's right. And she has yeah. a much bigger part, at least. Which that was cool to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, because we complained about that in the last one. Yeah. The, you know, uh, she's reduced to being sort of a damsel in distress in the in the last game. So yeah, at least she gets a little more to do this time. She's yeah. literally held by a giant, uh, a la King Kong, at the end of this game. So I don't know if yeah. she's totally out of the damsel in distress stereotype, <laughs> but she has a lot more dialogue. She's in a but, lot more scenes. Yes. I still don't know why she married Guybrush. Um, what did she see in him? I don't know. I know, man. I mean, I love Guybrush, but I don't know if I'd marry him. I don't know. We'll <laughs> never know. Uh, more gameplay stuff. Uh, but we got Murray back this game. Murray! Yes. We got Murray. Some solid dialogue with Murray. He's a bouncer for the, uh, for, what not, what was it? Planet Guybrush. Planet Guybrush. Planet Three Point. Planet Three Point. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember. It's one of the two. Yep. It is one of the two. Not gonna get it. All right, <laughs> playing three point. I think it was what it was. Whatever it was, yeah, it was so good just to have to have Murray back. Uh, any other gameplay stuff, Corey? You watched a lot of the the game, though. Anything you noticed from gameplay? No, I mean, uh, all I was thinking was uh, as I was watching this that I had had similar experience to what Jason had described um, of immediately the first puzzle just being like why can't I find what I need for this? And there's yeah. nothing I hate more in these games than like wandering for like back and forth for a long time. Yep. Yeah. So it just, it just makes me so angry, especially when things move slowly. And so I yes. just remember that, you know, walk back and forth, yeah. watching the person play it on this. It was a, I'm sure they'd played it before. So they knew what they were doing already and probably edited stuff. So there wasn't really a, I mean, it was a pretty quick moving I think I told it was like four hours, so they got through it real fast. Yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't Jeez. a lot to to notice from it, but That's nice. yeah, I did remember having a similar experience of just being like out the gate, like, oh, I'm so bad at this. Why can't I find what I need? I thought it was broken when I didn't have a cursor. Like I restarted it a couple times. I was just like, what? Yeah. I guess yeah, I'll use the the keyboard for a little bit or the directional arrows for a little bit. I still think it was. Well, hey, oh, no. Oh, the art. You said the art was beautiful. Art was I would good. agree. Art was gorgeous. But yeah. the animations, the cutscenes. It's tough. It was tough. How were they so <laughs> bad? Their eyes are really something else. And it just felt like <laughs> just use the in engine stuff that you've already got. It's not great. Even just like stills would have been better. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. I felt like it down. It's weird because modern games, you have all the pre rendered cutscenes that are like right. a movie. And then you get to like the the action, and it's like, oh, it's not quite as good. Whatever, a la Cyberpunk, where it's just like right. this dreamland, and then you play, and there's just like glitches everywhere. But like this was the opposite, where it went into that the pre rendered stuff, and it was just all polygons and bad. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't. Did you guys discover anything about why it was that way, or have any knowledge of why it was that way? Just computers weren't as good. Yeah, it, it felt like at the time there was lots of going to CGI cutscenes. Like that was the obvious thing to do. I guess that's true. Like Grim Fandango, the the remastered version compared to the original. Yeah, it, it's the originals. It looks unplayable. It's it, obviously it wasn't, but compared to the remastered, but, which is so pretty. 
But if you think about a game that's recent, like Persona 5, um, it's they've got drawings in the middle of the game, right? Just to show mm-hmm. what a character's emotions are. Like there's just mm-hmm. a, a cartoon of the character sitting there. Uh, they're yeah. not animating anything. They're not doing anything. And that stuff works so well. And if you look back at some mid- mid-90s stuff, uh, some earlier uh, Monkey Islands, that would just show you know a still image uh, while as mm-hmm. for the cutscene, or just a few still images. It's yeah. way more effective. Yeah, that was the like we were talking about the let me tell you about Loom or ask or ask me about Loom. Yeah, and it's just the guy's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way more effective. It was, and so I, it's it's one of those things of just knowing what works and what doesn't. Um, I think about this with with older movies a lot and how you know the CGI from Jurassic Park still hasn't right. aged today. Mm-hmm. Um, Twister, same because they did they used it so mm-hmm. sparingly. Yeah, Twister, exactly. And yet there's CGI from from movies that came out in the last year that you're like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. There's so many like try to watch Avatar now. Yep. <laughs> like it's unwatchable with that CGI. Yeah. The, the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. right? Like incredibly right. expensive. Yeah. And yet the CG looks mm-hmm. like CG and kind of did at the time. Like you could feel it. Yeah. Um. Which is the George Lucas like pushing the boundaries yeah. thing that when you're pushing the boundaries but still using cameras on objects like yeah. in the 70s, it's going to look more real than just computer making a thing. The the other thing I want to say about the puzzles was uh, we use the uh, universal hint system uh, for our yeah. walkthroughs, uh, which we highly recommend. It, it does this thing about um, so the that initial puzzle of uh, you know somebody's throwing rocks at your house and the UHS w- wouldn't say. Oh, what you got to do is is string a uh, rubber band on the cactus, and the rubber band is actually this tire. You find it over here. Instead, it would say, maybe you could use his own weapons against him. What is his weapon? How do you think you could get that to go back to him? And then you click next. It'll give like ten hints, and you just reveal one at a time. Yeah, which I think I've said before. I love because I tend to try to read walkthroughs without spoilers, so I'm like trying to yeah. like blur my eyes real fast and get to the one thing I want, and like you know. <laughs> I don't want to like know everything. I just kind of want to like get like a little hint at how to do something. So I love yeah. that method. That's amazing. The thing with this is I didn't need any of those. The only thing I needed to tell me is that you can find the tire over here. <laughs> yeah. Getting like, that's the 19. only bit. I just like next, 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 next. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I finally get to the last. It's like put the tire over the, over the cactus. And I'm like, where's the tire? <laughs> and then the last one is like the tires over here. And I was like, <sighs> Okay, that's all I needed. I know all the rest. I know what we're supposed to do. And so that was the way that way too many puzzles worked for me. Of I know what you want me to do. Yeah. I just don't literally know where to find the objects you're talking Mm -hmm, about. mm -hmm. I just don't, you know. And I I really think that this is about QA. And I think that if if they had more time with that, they would have added a button like a lot of later adventure games do. It's just highlight all the objects that are interactable on the screen. That addition, I think the game would have been much more playable for me. And so I, I do think this is a good game that just needed a little bit more polish. I think that's what Double Fine did in the remastered Day of the Tentacle. Yep. They added that. Mm. I don't think that was an original thing. So, yeah. They, no. I don't know if they're going to remaster Escape from Monkey Island anytime soon. It doesn't sound like <laughs> it. Uh, but that would be a nice addition. And the cutscenes would be prettier. Maybe they could add some sort of prologue or extend the finale a little bit. But I remember the one the puzzle I was going to say that I literally think would be impossible without a walkthrough was the swamp when you get on the, the raft and you swim around the swamp and you have to have yeah. a clock and a treasure map that has like times and directions on it. And then you see yourself in an alternate reality or in the future, yeah. I guess. And you have to hand yourself a certain amount of objects in the same exact order you handed yourself earlier, or you get sucked into the time continuum or something like it's, 
even with the walkthrough. It's one of those, <laughs> like, even when you're looking at the walkthrough, and it's not even randomized like the other ones where the walkthrough doesn't help you that much. It just it's I think so hard. From one of the things I was reading earlier, I think it is randomized. It's oh, maybe sorry, yeah. it is, but it's literally just like follow right. the follow what the map yeah. says, and so it's it's you can do that once right. You that's out not the, the issue that, of why it's hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's not the hard part yeah. exactly. Right now, I surprisingly didn't need help with that. Um, I I wow. needed help. Well, I needed help getting the map because <laughs> it was like just fiddled with, the, fiddled with the control. I, the clock I got instantly. I solved that puzzle. In like the chess game, and you're Dude, like, oh, nailed there's... It. Didn't look wow. up anything. Got the clock. Wow. And the second okay, I, I got there... I didn't know I needed the clock. Okay. The second I got there, and the instructions were like, at this time, I was like, so I put the clock on the raft? Mm-hmm. There's no way that's going to work. I've got to like... I've got to like take the, the clock to a shop and, and have someone spit <laughs> on it, right? Or there's something else that I'm missing. And I was like, wow. just try it. Use clock with... <laughs> it worked! Oh! And then it worked. Okay. And then the second I got to the the time travel part, which is a great little twist there. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's I, like classic. Oh, now that might have been my high point of the game. Nice. Um, that, that's good. That thing uh, got all done, and then immediately the next puzzle was just like, "Well, I'm stumped again. <laughs> I, I nothing." Uh, but yeah, that that one worked really well for me. Um, I did want to say before we get out of there uh, that uh, Michael Stemley's next game, because Sean Clark has not been working on games in over a decade. Uh, but Stemley has, and did, we mentioned did Telltale. His next game is Sam and Max. This time it's virtual, Ooh. a VR Sam and Max game. So that's Wait, coming. Next, you mean like coming out in twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. And that was what oh. the, the the interview that I didn't listen to that I will link you to um, was about that, but also apparently broaching the Escape from Monkey Island thing as well. But it's because he's starting his promotion for. Oh, that's awesome. This coming. So I'm into that. I'm like, I need VR games that like don't make me sick and don't scare me. So, yeah. And they're also going to be remastering uh, the Sam and Max Telltale games, which makes me feel incredibly old because <laughs> I, I interviewed them when those were, were coming we were at, out. And we were at Comic-Con for those. I, I right. got a copy right here that I'm looking at on my shelf that I got as a review copy from them. Wow. Before the game came out to say, hey, check this game out. It's amazing. <laughs> review it. Talk about it. That's incredible. We will. Oh, yeah, we will. We will. Review, we, will. we will review it and talk about it. They will review the remastered one because we're old. Yeah. Because we're old. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's bananas. This is, I was talking to one of my students the other day who, um, she had like a wall of like a boy band stuff behind her. And I was like, oh, my room looked just like that. I was like, I'll, sh- I'll show you a picture if you remind me. Uh, and then I was like, it was 20 years ago, but, you know, same idea. And then I was like, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the drink? Let's do it. Yes. OK, it's happening. <laughs> Silence. OK, no one objects. Here we go. This game's pretty fun. I chose a can of grog stolen from a vending machine <laughs> nice. uh, as my drink. Okay. Um, because... I don't have any creativity left in me. Mm. Like there's nothing mm. left in my brain. I feel that uh, it's not this game's fault. It's, it's really not. Um, wow. And, and let's also just quick check it on Jason. Um, I, I think some of my rage for this game had nothing to do with mm. this game. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just been a tough week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and me, me having no time for for anything silly because we played Donut County after this. Our next game. Oh, spoiler! I played. Our, I started playing our next game, <gasps> and I was just like. <laughs> I hate you, you cute little tweet animals. I hate, it. I hate all this. This is stupid. Uh, everything is rage. Wow. And I was like, I I think maybe this game is okay. This game is fine, and Jason needs to chill. Yeah. This might be wow. a, a heart thing. This might be a me problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of funny words, a lot of things to throw at it. And I was like, cool. drink, drink. Can of grog, help. <laughs> I just saw that recently. I'll do that one. <laughs> yep. yep. I respect that. Uh, I went I went with Grog Jr. Wow. Uh, which, if, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or you've availed yourself to our prodigious back catalog, you'll know that uh, Jason and I enjoy the libations of a good micro-groggery every now and again. But in our old age, we've had to settle down a little bit with ABV. Uh, and so we're just as likely to go for a can of Grog Jr., these days, uh, it's not near Grog like previous Monkey Island games. It's Grog Junior. Yep. <laughs> Which will get a parrot drunk. It has just enough alcohol to get a parrot drunk. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So real quick, I was thinking of my drink would be like Grog, and what would be Grog? And there's actually a bunch of recipes for Grog and YouTube videos of people making Grog. I didn't look at them because I wanted to get your takes on what you think this whole time for 20 plus years. What is Grog? You, when you hear Grog, what do you think Grog is? And if you know the right answer, make it up. But maybe be- before you knew so, the right answer. Uh, yeah, I didn't oh, even yeah. know there was a right answer. I mean, I didn't know it was a... In, I mean, I guess I know it's a thing. It's uh, Yeah, I don't know how real the thing is. I don't know if it's like, oh, that's what they called beer two hundred right. years ago. I don't know. But to me, it was like, for, I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. from Monkey Island, what do we imagine that tastes like? And I was thinking, <laughs> I never thought about it until last night. I was like, I think it's like off brand Mountain Dew, so like Surge <laughs> with like beef jerky, oh. which is like things I thought beer tasted like before I sure. had tasted mm-hmm. beer, but green because yeah. grog. So Surge with beef jerky and like leather. Gross. That's what I imagined grog smelled and tasted like. Yep. Not not good, but I'd still drink it like if there were a bunch of pirates around. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Pressure in here. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I love this. I don't know, but did you guys have anything in your mind of like what when you were 15 playing a game that said grog, what would you imagine it tasted like? I think I just imagined because I've never liked like beer or anything like that. I think in my head it was also a thing. I don't know what it is. I think of it as like mead <laughs> and like something. I don't know, something like that. That's kind of like harsh and grainy, uh, but green. <laughs> what kind of mead are you having? I don't know. Green. I love mead. This is, you know, I think Keo really likes mead too. He's made it before. It's good. I'm iffy on mead. <laughs> it's just, it's really sweet. Yeah. But yeah. Something sweet and harsh. Definitely alcoholic. I think I imagined it as a very uh, mm. c- citrus Everclear. Ooh. Uh, wow. It sounds, really, sounds burny. Really strong. I imagine it very, very strong. Mm, I imagine. Because yeah. there's, there's the scene where it eats through the pewter cup in the first Monkey Island. Good call. And so I, call. I knew it had to be like really, really harsh. Um, now I want I want you to test me on this because I do think I remember looking up one time what grog was. So I'm going to tell you what I think I recall, but it's been years. Uh, so Ben, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. I believe it was some kind of like byproduct of making rum that, uh, sailors would be paid in. Uh, so it wasn't quite rum. It was instead this like really, really strong byproduct that then they would mix a bunch of other things with to make it like edible in any way. 
That totally makes sense. I, I'm sure that happened because when you're distilling a sugar or, any, or anything, well, that's because that's what you distill, sugar water or whatever, it's, you, there's the heads and the tails, and the heart is what you want. The heart is like the stuff that won't blind you. Everything we drink that is liquor yep. is the heart. The stuff that comes off first is the, I think it's called the head, and then the stuff at the end is the tails. The head is like the super, super strong stuff that has really high... It's like, it's, it's like all the harsh chemicals and all the stuff that gets like stripped out of the sugar right away, I guess. It's just not as mellow as the stuff you want to drink. So that gets thrown away. Then you get the heart that's like the main run of it. And then you get the tails, which is like when it starts, like the ABV starts to dip to like the 20%, 10%, 5%. And then it's just like water after that. So it would make sense that they would give people the non-run, the head and the tails of whatever they're stilling that it's, they can't sell otherwise, but it'll still get you drunk. But... I don't know. That totally makes sense. So I never thought of selling that, but in a time of pirates, it would make sense that, yeah, just sell the stuff that's poison. <laughs> is that what grog is? What was? Is- We're close. We're really close. Um, it was just rum with water because you couldn't drink water at sea for too long, or it would like grow algae. Solid. And so you mix some. Yeah. You pour some rum in it, and it would stay. It would keep. Um, and then because of the scurvy, they started throwing some citrus in it too. Put some lime juice in there. No, there's your lemon. Uh- Lemon Everclear. There you go. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I, but, it, but imagine it as incredibly weak rum right. rather than incredibly strong. Right. Yeah. Right. Gross. Watered down rum. Yep. I shall pass. Cool. Yep. Yeah. I am drinking tonight. Uh, so this is my Grog Jr. runner up. Uh, Jefferson Ocean, which comes with, which is Jefferson is a, uh, a distillery in Kentucky. They distill bourbon. Uh, it's a straight bourbon whiskey. And their ocean expression uh, is actually so backing it up. The big difference between bourbon and Japanese whiskey and scotch and Irish whiskey, there are lots of differences within those countries. But kind of the, the main one is it's the, the climate that they are aged in, right? So if you age something in Texas, it's going to have really high highs and really low lows compared to Scotland, which is just like a not, not as, as crazy swings in temperature, right. which is why you can age something 20 years and it can still be clear. If you age something two years in Texas in a barrel, it's going to be black. So, which is why bourbon is usually younger than scotch and Irish and and Japanese whiskey. So what they did, Jefferson distillery decided to take a, take a bunch of barrels and put them on some ships and just take them around the world for, I don't know how long, several years. This one is ocean voyage 20, the 20th time they did it. Uh, Because even like moving barrels around in a barrel house can change like, you know, how the sun exposure and the temperature and all that kind of stuff. So, um, just changing where the barrels are around the world. I was shocked when I drank this and it tastes didn't taste like ocean, but there's definitely like a salty briny is probably the right word mm-hmm. flavor to it that I've never tasted outside of a smoky like Isla Scotch, like Lafroy or something like that. That's like wow. on the ocean. But it's weird to have a bourbon with that salty flavor because bourbon yeah. is usually from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's fascinating. Jefferson Ocean. Uh, thank you to Nick Gates for sending me a sample. Yeah. So does like, That's I mean, lovely. yeah, I'm guessing there must be like a good variation in what each of those barrels taste like. Then, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So this actually comes with and, he, and Nick actually sent me the, the, the voyage log or the ship's log. Nice. Wow. So it comes with a huge write up. It says all the stops they made and how many days it took and how That's long they cool. stayed at certain ports. And like, That's cool. Yeah, it's like with the exception of a rough spot during our run between Melbourne and Fremantle, Voyage Twenty had smooth sailing. Like it's very detailed in all the stops. So that's really really cool. It's really cool, and it's. And I'm glad that it's more than just a gimmick. And maybe it is, but and they just threw salt in here, whatever. But it's. I usually don't like bourbon that much, and this is a delight because nice. it doesn't taste like 
all the other bourbons. So I'm not like the other bourbons. Quick question before we move on. <sighs> yeah. When was the grog ration discontinued by the Royal Navy? So you used to get a ration of an eighth of a pint a day. When was that discontinued? Uh, 1968. <laughs> Corey, do you want to weigh in? Uh, it would be 1921. All right. Ben wins <laughs> with Price of Right rules, too, because it's 1970. I don't think wow. anybody could have beaten you, Ben. That was amazing. Yeah. That was stellar. I wouldn't have guessed that unless you asked it as a quiz question. I would have right. been like, I don't know, probably like 1850. <laughs> yep. But it's like, oh, it's got to be yeah. recent. No, no they, upped, they upped the dilution in World War II. But uh, other than that, it, it continued from the 18th century all the way to 1970. Interesting. Da-na-na-na. Exactly. Corey, My what's your drink? <laughs> My drink. Corey, drink now. <laughs> Is a flat white which is basically oh. espresso and foam. Uh, so it's kind of like a latte. It's basically the same principle as a latte, but it is less foam and more coffee. Um, and the reason that I selected this particularly is because um, if, you know, you've traveled, you often find that it's impossible to get like just a drip coffee anywhere. You can't be like, I would like a coffee and get like a cup of black coffee. It's not a thing everywhere makes wait, wait, espresso you can't drinks. Do that? right yeah that's like drip coffee is like a very american thing oh but just americano but yeah, that I mean, is espresso Ameri- with water that's espresso coffee. and water that's not like that's not a it's cup watered of coffee. down coffee yeah it's, but i mean it's what foreigners think americans drink right yeah. it's like it, it would Have be you like had drip coffee before jason it, it would be like if you just drew someone with really big eyes and you're like see an anime i made an anime <laughs> we're done same exact principle. Spot on. So, uh, Sorry. when I was in Australia um, and couldn't get coffee, this is when I still drank coffee, a flat white would be the thing that I would order. I just kind of like watched what everyone else ordered, and most people seem to be ah. ordering a flat white. So I was like, I too shall have a flat white. Mate? Early. <laughs> Precisely. I am one of you. <laughs> Fellow Australians with our flat whites. <laughs> Um, because of our, our villain, Aussie, uh, I elected to go with a flat white. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're talking about a game. We played a game. This this is connected to (laughs) a game, a video game. That's right. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Okay. I've been Uh, reading about it because it doesn't use foam. It uses microfoam. Oh, microfoam. Yes. Because the, the distinction is what you described is either a cappuccino or a macchiato. And so I was like, they just thought of a new name. Like, yeah, I yeah, they just came up with their own thing. But, but it's Microphone. evidently a, a very distinct thing that I'll have to try. Yeah, it's delicious. Microphone. I mean, if I still drank coffee, I would absolutely still drink. And you can like, you can get them at Starbucks now. That's yeah. a thing you can order. But at the time when I went, it was not a thing that I had ever seen anywhere. The key to the beverage is the crema being coaxed into the meniscus, resulting in a uniform dark brown color <laughs> across the top of the beverage. I don't like it. Mm. Mm. I'd like a, um, a venti flat white with a coaxed meniscus, please. Yeah, coax it. Thank you. Oh, no. Yeah, I had a friend in high school who coaxed his meniscus and couldn't play for like six weeks. Delicious. <laughs> I was going to say, but anyway, okay. So, what's your song, Corey? My song is I Can't Go For That by Hall & Oates. Uh, because oh, wow. just simply for the chorus... Because I just, I just couldn't go for it, guys. I just was not in the zone. I was not in a place 
where I was going to play this game. So I can't go for that. No, no can do. No can do. It's very literal of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went with something that has been um, kind of a fascination, but also an extreme annoyance to me the mm. past few weeks. And I can imagine Guybrush constantly on the ship with Carla and Otis and Ignatius Cheese, constantly singing, There once was a ship that put to sea, the name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down below, my belly boys blow. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Is this one of those shanties that the kids are singing? The sea shanties that are taking over my life. <laughs> See, I do not use TikTok at all. And so I don't use TikTok at all. I've never downloaded it in my life. People keep trying to link me to them. And I just have ignored They're it. They're on Twitter and Doesn't Instagram. T- I've heard, I've seen people talk about them on Twitter. I have never actually encountered one on Twitter. People keep sending them to me. <laughs> Mostly my wife. No, oh, that adds up. Yeah, she loves a good sea shanty. Always has. Always has. Going back at least five days. <laughs> I don't know if it was that particular one or not, but I did see like whoever originated the shanties. So I don't know if it was that song, but he was on like t- uh, Good Morning America last week while I was... You almost said TikTok. No, I was going to say Today Show. He was on my TikTok. I I was going to say Today Show. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized my error. We almost got you. I plugged in my TikTok. (laughs) I clicked the talk button. (laughs) And he was there, like everyone said. He was there. (laughs) There were the shanties. It was incredible. (laughs) There were the shanties. Yeah. I turned the dial to shanty and boom. It's an old whaler song, apparently, which is cool. You know. Listen, I've always said that I want people to sing more in America, so I'm I'm for it. And I've always said for whales, (laughs) you know? And that's why you're not allowed into SeaWorld anymore. (laughs) Oh, I wasn't saying anything, but I was. Anyway, Jason. Um, So uh, I chose A Pirate's Life for Me, the song from Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yo, 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 so good. So I chose it for a couple reasons. One, I'm lazy and not, not creative. So let's just get that one out of the way. That's the real reason. Excuse. Here, here's what else is going on. Uh, so Monkey Island is very clearly a tribute to Pirates of the, of the Caribbean. Yeah. Right? It's it's making lots of references to it as it goes along. It's a very cartoonified version of what pirates could be. And if you remember all the way back to our Monkey Island episode, yes. they were going to make a movie of it. And instead, they made the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which was funny to come full circle yeah. for them, uh, you know, this game that was making fun of a Disney product to get, you know, taken over and made into a Disney movie. Well, now, flash forward another 20 years. Yes, this game is 20 years old, Ben. And LucasArts is back. Lucasfilm Games is back. Oh, month <laughs> is the news. And it's owned by Disney. <laughs> yes. Which means we might get a Pirates of the Caribbean video game in which Guybrush Threepwood no. exists. I thought you were going to say we might get a Monkey Island movie. That's where I thought that was going to. Come on. No. I was like, oh. No. Oh, we, nope. could get, we could get the crossover. 
Because let's be honest, which one has the the wider scope? It's Pirates of the, yeah. the Caribbean. I actually would love that. But if they do it as a Monkey Island game, oh man, got your chocolate, my peanut butter. Sounds so good. Mm. I want it. I don't love that phrase. Uh, Mulp in the news. <laughs> Mulp in the news. Mulp in the news, man. Yeah, LucasArts is back. Do we have any more info? Is Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy? Lucasfilm Games. Lucasfilm Games throwback. Nice. Is back. Good call. Uh, other than they're they're taking Star Wars. It's kind of my the initial takeaway. And there's an Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. So we'll get some of those classic games back. They're taking it back from EA and from DICE and all the stuff that... that well, I guess um, Respawn is still working on the sequel for Fallen Order, but DICE is out. EA is out, for, I think, at least. Um, they could always sign new deals. But uh, yeah, it seems like they're going to be doing in-house their own developers, which is cool to see because it's been eight years, I believe. I think it was 2013. Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm and then dissolved LucasArts shortly after. I think that's how it worked. But yeah, any any other news on the Lucasfilm games front? No, I'm I'm looking everywhere for the link I put, but I evidently didn't put it into Mulf in the News, so I don't know where it went. Um, <laughs> we get a little bit like willy-nilly with the, the categories in Slack, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, who, who knows where I put it, but uh, Duncan Jones did oh, write right. a yeah. full-throttle sca- yes. script, so check that out. There will be links somewhere. I don't know. Google some of those words and you'll yeah. find it. Maybe Ben will put a link somewhere. Who can know? Maybe Bing them. I love the way he talked about it, though, that he was just kind of like, you know, I, I, it's always been bopping around in my head and I was locked down. And so I, you know, just jammed it out in four weeks or something like that. You know, it's like just in his free time, might as well write this full throttle script. I just think that's delightful. And I mean, he is the fanboy of fanboys, right? Like that's yeah. the nerdiest guy out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love it. That's great. Uh, and then we have what else we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you both have been playing a lot so much. Again, you've played our next month's game already. And I think even the months the after. next two so. months of games. Yeah. Corey, tell us. <laughs> Look how at me being all ahead of things and whatnot. I know. Um, except- or maybe you're just love it. Manipulating us into picking the games that you've already finished. <laughs> Dang it. Well, I mean, that was how donut County worked. So yeah, yeah. that was absolutely a, Hey, let's do something I know how to play and did. But what I've been playing a ton of was, and I did not say this on Joag, so I apologize, Jason, but Jason's recommendation of Spiritfarer, which I am oh. obsessed with. Like, even yeah. like the like past few minutes, like there's been this little part of me that's like, oh, maybe I'll bring my Switch downstairs to bed with me when we watch SNL so I can play some more. And I... Sp- where do you I, I mean, everyone I posted about it on Instagram, I just like put a little video from it um, and people were sending me like, this is the greatest game. Like, you know, I I wow. ugly cried. I uh, my the owner of Lagbar, one of the owners of Lagbar was like, I literally like was as soon as I started playing, this was going to message Corey, you need to play this game like it is. I am the target audience. It's like tell me about it. Oh, so Spiritfarer is a game in which you play, it's like sort of a river stick situation. So you are the new, I love this because it's like the beginning of Yoku, but with dead people. You know how in the beginning of Yoku, you like, you pull up and you become the postmaster. So like you yeah. meet the old postmaster the, and the whole island. That's the yes, first yeah, thing yeah. is it's just kind of like, all right, you're here. Great. You're the new postmaster. That's exactly yeah. what happens in the beginning of this, nice. except that you become the new Spiritfarer who is going to bury these souls as they reach the end of their life and you're on this boat. And so there's like various sort of challenges and puzzles. You get like 
errands that you have to do, little tasks for people. And essentially, you're sort of helping them to complete, like, to sort of find some form of peace or, you know, something until they can be brought to what's called the Everdoor, uh, which is where they're kind of passing over, crossing mm-hmm. over, and finally, like, dying. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's yeah. just, it's so, it's fun. It's not incredibly difficult. Sometimes I get a little stuck on things. I've only looked at hints, like, three times, I think, and I've played. Oh, cool. I mean, we're in the tens of hours at this point. Like, I've played a ton of it. Nice. Um, and it, it's got, like, some management sim elements, too, right? Like, uh, keeping up your ship or, or, like, crops or kind of things. Yes, yeah. right. So you're watering plants. You're, you know, yeah, you have to feed all the spirits that are on your, your ship or they get really salty with you about it. Um, so, yeah, you're, like, sort of maintaining the ship. Then you're also going out on tasks for people. And you learn new skills, so... You know, you start with very few things that your character can do, and then it's like, oh, I can jump higher, and I can ride zip lines, and things like that. But it is, it's just, the music is great, the, it's, you can't die, there's no time limits on things. Sometimes I find myself rushing, I had like a full, like, dent in my thumb earlier, because I was like really worried I had to do something really fast earlier today, and then I was like, I don't, I don't have to do that. But <laughs> it's, nice. Nice. it's really delightful, wonderful, wonderful game, so you should everyone listening should play it and we'll talk about it soon because it's it's a delight it's a delight and my sister will come talk with us too because she's playing oh yeah she's played like 47 hours of it how according to switch so there's a story that ends or is it like animal crossing so it's it's also just like yoku in that like you have there's like an end um, but there's also various tasks you can or cannot do so you don't necessarily have to do everything in order sure. to beat the game, like you could still, right. you could ferry all your people off and end the game and whatever without having completed all the tasks, or you can do everything in between. Sure. So, yeah. It's basically cyberpunk. I got it. <laughs> Same basically. exact right. game. Almost uh, identical. Identical. Uh, I would have 100% completion on that game if there weren't many, many glitches. But I put. <laughs> oh, what? Over glitches 85 in to 90 hours in that game, and it's been a joy i've really really enjoyed it i'm playing on xbox one and apparently it's not supposed to work on that but it's working pretty dang well it's crashed a couple times wow um mainly like these yeah there's been a couple missions that just like don't end like i can't pick up like the reward right. for it or whatever yeah. i'm like oh i'll just do it. it's an open world game so that's not really a big deal <laughs> but yeah like did the story i did all five or seven endings or whatever it wow. is uh and i was that was probably the most impressive part Jason, you did one or two endings, right? Three or four. Oh, okay. So yeah, there. I was really impressed with how different they were. I thought it was going to be yeah. just kind of like, oh, I married this person instead, or I killed the boss in a different way, or whatever. But it's like two to three hours of like prologue, and then a totally different like last fight, and like a totally different ending after that. Um, it's just like no spoilers for, for Cyberpunk at all because it's got a pretty pretty good story, I think, and some great characters but yeah i really really enjoyed it definitely i enjoyed it a lot more than legion which was kind of the last triple a i played uh jason what are you going to say to shut uh, on cyberpunk no i'm not uh it's it, it's a game that i did not like as much as ben did um but yeah there, i think there were some parts about it like that i did like which is like the the general judy. kind of loop of it just judy right yeah 
Yeah, Judy. Oh my gosh, I love Judy. Uh, yeah. No, I thought you said shooting at first because I thought the shooting felt really good. Like Shooting and Judy, both great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And me and Judy just shooting things together, right? It's great. She's good, yeah. Good old shooty Judy. There's... The the game is so there's so many ups and downs and it just felt like every time I got something that yeah. I really liked like the next bite would be like something gross and I'd be like oh I didn't like that one yeah um, that's fair and so it's yeah it's it's kind of a weird place I think I will return to it um, when it's got its next kind of uh, update uh, particularly if it yeah. gets DLC or something uh, major but yeah I've been playing uh, I've returned to Persona Five Royal uh, which I bought last year just after it came out. Uh, unfortunately, I had just beaten Persona 5, and uh, Persona 5 Royal, the company that makes it, Atlas, has this uh, way of doing things where they, they release a game, and then two years later, they release the game again with a new title, where it's like Persona 4, and then Persona 4 Golden, and it's basically a DLC. It's basically like, I think about 20 more hours to the game, wow, which is okay. big, a big DLC, yeah. right? Big <laughs> DLC, but when it's a 120-hour game, it's a DLC, yeah. right? Sure. Um, and so they they work it in like there might be a new character or two new characters that will be there throughout all of the scenes, right? And they've got new dialogue and they've got they're they're interacting with you throughout. And I've heard everything I've heard about Royal is that it is it really changes the ending, right? Uh, this is a nice. game in which you have two semesters in high school, um, and the the kind of apex of the game happens at the end of the second semester. And so Persona Five Royal adds a third semester. Um, that's really oh. big. I don't know what yeah. that's going to be like because I'm still in semester two. You know, I I played it for a little bit right after I bought it and then was like, I just beat this game and put 110 hours into it. <laughs> I think I need a break. <laughs> and yeah, so coming back to it over the last uh, month or so and I'm just tearing through it. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, really enjoying it. Excited to see uh, where it goes and, and the different changes. Uh, and these games are are very different experience the second time. Um, not just in terms of story stuff, but also in terms of it teaching you how to play the game. For me, the first time playing these games was very stressful because there's a, a timeline, there's a calendar, and you get to choose a certain number of things to do each day, and then the calendar moves forward. Yikes. And like you can never so, so it's all about making those choices. And it feels yeah. like a lot of pressure. The second time through though, it's like, ah, I know I know which ones to choose. <laughs> I know which things I want to do, and I'm gonna play it a little differently, but I know which things I'll have time to do later. And, you know, this isn't going anywhere. I want to prioritize this. And so suddenly it just feels like a much better game that second time through. Um, I've also been playing a bunch of Katamari Damacy. Corey, did you ever play this game? Mm-mm. Uh, from 2003-ish, something like that. It is very, very much the game that inspired Donut County. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I would highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, you can get it for like 20 bucks uh, for Switch. Um nice. It's really, 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 really fun. Yeah, you got a ball, and you roll the ball, and it rolls stuff up. Beautiful. And I love it. You you start out, and you can only roll up like thumbtacks because you're small. But then when you once you roll up enough thumbtacks, you can roll up like cards, like from playing cards. Is like everything? Like I'm imagining like everything where it's just like kind of stuff lying around. Very similar. Yeah. Okay, and you just roll around and collect stuff. Just keep rolling, but then you keep getting bigger. And so the magic of this game is that you start on a level. And like, there's a cow near you and it's huge and you can't roll that up clearly, but you roll up enough playing cards and suddenly you're rolling up a cow. And at the end of that level, which all the levels are timed, it's, you know, 30 minutes later and you're rolling up continents. So like the size change and the fact that there's never, there's never any transition. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things that 
annoys me about donut counting, this is such a minor thing, but because I've been playing Katamari so recently, it annoyed me, is that there's often these transitions, right? You'll Your hole will get big enough, and I'll, it'll suddenly cut you over to a different yeah, part of the level you. where yeah. you can now get new things. With Katamari Damacy, there's never any transition. It's mm. just like you just keep rolling. <laughs> and wow. it's really, really fun. I like it that's cool. a lot. Um, hey, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Nice. Uh, we could transition into the game that we've said five times but that we're going to be playing next month <laughs> surprise which both of you have played donut county donut tell me donut about county. it county. Don't, don't spoil the donut stuff but <laughs> sell me on it sell you on donut county well obviously jason's mad at it right now so um. i'm not i'm not i crap on every game <laughs> yeah um it's true he does do that no i think uh i think i've explained it before but i mean you're just it's easy you're just making you're making holes and swallowing stuff into it and it's got a storyline about these raccoons that have basically sort of taken over uh la so you're in this which is fun so you get to see like la scenery but filled with raccoons um and you're trying to you know take la back from these raccoons and it's uh yeah it's just fun and and the raccoons are a metaphor for capitalism obviously Oh wow! Um, it happens, get it. which you you get fairly quick. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, they oh, really are. That's what's happening? Yeah, like, genuinely. No, oh, okay. legit. <laughs> that was just a Jason thing, which makes it much more fun. Yeah, like gotcha. as you're yeah. as you're like destroying things. Uh, yeah. One, you get to destroy things as the capitalist, and then two, you get to, as you can see coming for a while, like turn the machinery against itself. Right. And, nice. You know, take down the machine. That's awesome. Yeah. Which also, Spirit Fair has a lot of um, fun anti-capitalist labor elements of it as well so you know these weirdly political games are right up my alley totally (laughs) yeah that's awesome now we do have some side quests coming up where we're going to do get to know your co-host where one of us each is going to star in that episode and the other one is just or the other two are going to pepper us with questions because we we do get off on tangents we talk a lot about games about capitalism (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and smashing the patriarchy yeah. but we don't really get super personal not that all not all those questions have to be super personal but yeah i thought it'd be fun to kind of do some like cory centric episode we're just like talk about her life and her dreams and her favorite soda or whatever it might be <laughs> uh, and yeah well we don't really know how we're going to structure those yet if it's going to be like surprise questions lightning round or whatever we'll try to make it more than yeah just i think it's going to be it's going to be fun though yeah, yeah, yeah. So look forward to those. Really good about it. Um, One more thing. Uh, this month we want to highlight. Uh, usually we highlight a, uh, or for the fa- past six months or so we've been highlighting a black game developer. Uh, this month, uh, kind of doing the reverse. This is for yeah. black game developers, and this is uh, Black Game Maker One on Twitter is probably the easiest place to find yeah. this. Black Game Maker One, and this is a forthcoming book called black game makers and they are looking for games stories and research for this book so if you uh have games that you made if you want to write about black games if you what was the yeah oh yeah uh stories research and games very cool hit them up um that's like a great project i'm excited to to see it and thanks to uh kishana gray for tweeting about that um also to keep it academic kishana his new book is really good i've got it near me but i can't remember the title it's it's close um, you can feel its power. Corey, you know that. that You can feel that <laughs> academic thing, right? Of like, yeah. there's a book. It's a near uh, Yeah. <laughs> Intersectional yeah, Tech. Hey. Uh, by, by Kishana Gray. Um, black users in digital gaming. So that'll be my quick plug is uh, check that out. It's good. See, go. it's, it's well worn. Um, awesome. you, you can tell that I at least read part of it and then put another book across it as a bookmark. <laughs> 
That is why most of my books look well-worn. Yeah. Never send me a picture of your desktop again, Jason. Oh, And I don't bad. mean like your wallpaper computer desktop. I mean your literal wooden desk. Oh, no. Yeah. That's just covered just in mayhem. books that are all open and stacked on top of each other haphazardly. <laughs> Jerry, yeah. Gerrymanderedly. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it like that right now? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you're, you're, mid, you're still working on a book that you're writing, so you have to yes. have at least 12 different books open that you're... That you're, the uh, that's that's the best feeling though Corey. It, it happens with the articles too but with a book also it's just like so many there's so many books open <laughs> and so like so many to... closing them all <laughs> like oh. i sent the draft off mm-hmm. like yeah. they'll have things to fix i will need yeah. these again at some point but not yeah. all of them not all of them at the same and i'm not time. writing yeah we're, we're closing them all up it's the feeling at Put the end up. of the multiple phases of comprehensive exams it's the you know just like <laughs> these books it's like you, when you're, you're going against that. Jojo and Monkey Monkey Combat. Exactly. Like solved it all. And it's just like yep. the numbers are flowing down and you're solving. Yeah. And and I think comprehensive exams are very similar to Jojo as well in that. Yeah. I know that I'm Jojo when I assign these comprehensive right. exams because I'm on that side now. Mm-hmm. And it's the students are staring at me like I'm Guybrush. Like, why do you what? keep saying the same uh, thing over and no. over? Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And then they come back and they're smarter than you. Exactly. That's the goal. <laughs> Happens quick. That's how it works. Um, I think that's all we have. Oh, check out our website, menoflowmoralfiber.com. If you want to see our Instagram or our Twitter, go there and we have links to them. And of course, thank you so much to David Botluck, our esteemed podcast producer, uh, a man who we could not do this without. We really appreciate our uh, correspondence with you, David. Uh, so keep that up. We will reply eventually. Sorry, we kind of took a break over the holidays. And yes, I know it's February. You know, there's still holidays. Anyway, and thank you to all of our other uh, Patreon supporters as well. Uh, check us out at patreon.com slash M-O-L-M-F. Uh, and you can always email us at... M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D like the band. <laughs> you did it. At, at Gmail. I forgot the Gmail part. Oh, I did most of it though. Small victories. Uh, dot com slash net UK. And as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. Pumpstar. <laughs> and I'm a mighty pirate. It's like my whole life is a never-ending series of puzzles. Big mood. <laughs> oh, that's good. There was some good meta lines from this game. That, that, I had a bunch of lines well. in here. Yeah, I had a bunch good. of quotes. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> <laughs>